This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. (laughs) Boy! Thank you for checking out 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is where I like to offer up my context and trigger warnings. And this episode is about the Finnish horror comedy based around Santa Claus, or at least the legend's rare exports with that you're gonna just probably come across a lot of ignorance from two americans in regards to trying to understand how europeans can get away with this kind of stuff being comfortable with it while well this country is not founded by religious zealots so there you go but before that if i haven't offended those on the other side of the ocean the atlantic i mean Let me address those on the Pacific side, where I will review Zero Tolerance, a Thai-directed and filmed action feature with a lot of British action stars. I love you. That's sweet. Sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Emmy is working on Time and Cause of Death. Her name's Angel, no last name. Everyone has a last name. Not if your father's a ghost. They took everything he loved. I'm sorry. I have a plan. I'll work the case. And then? And then you do whatever you want. Now, he'll take them out. Can I help you, sir? you a few questions and you better give it to me straight because if you don't i'm gonna hunt you down and i'm gonna kill you this is personal three days who are you i'm a father two enemies why don't you put your gun down and see if you can beat it out of me one city welcome to bangkok Dustin Wynn and Scott Atkins. Zero tolerance. This is going to hurt. So I've just concluded Zero Tolerance from 2015. The uh, main build cast is Dustin Wynn and... Scott Adkins, but a lot of, um, more filled out than you'd expect. Uh, Kane Kosugi, Kane, I'm sorry, Kane Kasugi, son of the legendary show Kasuni. It has a bit part, um, I would actually say this might be the most conviction I've ever seen from a Gary Daniels performance. It's got some stuff that, you know, is kind of, um, watchable. It's, though, by the end it does, it's just way too convoluted. And when you immediately have to deal with a credit sequence, which is almost B-roll from the film, that's played twice. And they don't give a lot of credits out. So, and I say twice, I mean closer to two and a half times. You know you're not going to have a um, brilliant film. Uh, The action is, well, let me get to the plot. It's about uh, two uh, former... Let's say um, Viet, Viet, hmm, sorry, Vietnamese 
I'd say kids essentially who were recruited by the CIA in the 80s, probably closer to the 90s, but I digress, who have a lifetime bond and the cop who's amongst them is the godfather of Johnny, the secret type who spends his time in Vietnam. This film takes place in Bangkok. So he's the godfather of his daughter. The daughter, Angel, ends up being dead, hence the tagline, they killed his angel, he'll unleash hell. It's kind of bait and switch on the uh, movie poster, at least stateside, where you have Scott Adkins more prevalent, who is essentially the villain, or so you think. Basically, our, the cop is just basically trying to cover up the killing spree to find out the answer to this murder and then you have to put quotations on the murder. So the plot ends up getting really messy. But there's some fine action sequences. But again, the direction, uh, this is a passion project, I believe you'd call it, um, from a Thai director. I don't even really want to go try to pronounce his name. But Chaos is in the last name. So he had that going for him. Uh, so as I say, the action is um, not too bad. And there's the story moves as long as we're going through body counts but then we take a moment to breathe and then try to let the story settle in it just does not um work out so i'm gonna have to go back to my letterbox and dock it a half star which is sad because again gary daniels has a cameo a little more than a cameo he he does a Dion raiders performance in this as i say most conviction is somebody who was involved with Angel and they try to be very confusing they drop hints about who could have possibly done it it all ends up being a red herring and quite a disappointment it doesn't explain like why are they blowing up witnesses then it's just very silly I didn't regret watching it and I'm actually intrigued to track down the Zero Tolerance from 1994 starring Robert Patrick this is definitely one I'm going to have to say you, you, you're you better off skipping. i got to go back to my library of DVDs and just put this in the actual Alex Accessory Shop on Etsy's Trash Feature Review section instead of having it placed in the Alphabetized by Director section. Welcome to 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movie Starth, is the handle that I will always try to get over. You can follow what I am watching on Letterboxd. The username is CM Darth. The podcasting community affectionately knows me as at CatBustRuss. That is also my Twitter handle. But if you want to have a hands-free experience in your home, ask your Google Nest or Amazon Echo device to play podcast by Russ Stevens, and there you are. And this week, seven C's from the No on 15 Allcast comes on with a suggestion of Rare Exports, properly holiday-themed. I mean, we have Snow and Better Off Dead, which was his first suggestion, but... That was a little more work on my behalf, but I did purchase a copy, so anybody wants to jump at that, feel free to hit me up. And I'm also looking for a podcast host for at least two episodes, a 
month, I should say co-host, just so I get somebody to tell me, don't waste seven minutes on a bad Scott Atkins movie. But I digress. So we're going to speak about this movie. It's really, honestly, charming. It's got a black comedy feel to it. It's not overly violent. As I say, the worst thing you're going to have to deal with is getting past all the naked elves. And, you know, the lack of women in the feature. So, but otherwise, it's a lot of fun. It's on Tubi. I watched it on Hulu. And is there anything really else worth watching on Hulu right now? I mean, I do have to catch up with Prey and the Hellraiser reboots. But otherwise, you know, I think I'm going to try saving $7 a month. So... Hit me up so we can at least talk those movies. You can talk about any movie with me, preferably under 100 minutes, but I'll make anything work. Just send your suggestions to rustthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-07 at gmail.com. As I say, movie, theme, director, actor, we'll make some fried gold with that. Otherwise, you know, rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps, five stars preferably. Talk trash about my show on my Twitter, at CatBusRuss, and otherwise enjoy the show. Thanks for stopping by. It's the most magical time of the year. When traditions are honored. And the youngest among us still believe in the spirit of the season. We found something else than just plain rocks and dirt. This mountain is like a giant icebox. For storing what? Drill deeper. Bear the dynamite. You have a grave to rob. Minkälaiset sudet tekee? Hyvä, joo. Isa! Vetti on viety! We have Santa Claus. Selitä sille, että... Meillä on täällä pukki myytävänä. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. And he doesn't give up. Creepy Siri voice and yeah. yeah. All right. So we are back with 90 for chill, the podcast. And this week, my guest is one of the hosts of no on 15, uh, the all cast, I believe if yes, I've sir. nailed that down, I listened yep. to it on Apple podcast myself, but nice. No, so, thank you, man. 
And uh, you suggest you you went uh, from Better Off Dead, which I did grab that copy at Barnes and Nobles anyhow. Why the hell oh, not? Cool, cool. And yeah. uh, decided to go a little more holiday themed with the uh, <laughs> very interesting uh, Rare Exports. Yeah, what'd you think? Um, well, I mean, it really tells you how the Europeans don't give a damn about vision, <laughs> what, the, what they expose their kids to. Because, I mean, if you, you know, get past some of the more violent stuff, um, I mean, it's pretty brief stuff anyhow, you know, pickaxe right. to the head or something, nothing too, nothing too gnarly. Uh, yeah. And then all the uh, elf dong by the end of the movie (laughs) i mean it's a it just reminds me about how they were always saying you know not until america came along and said yeah we shouldn't be working kids like they're adults um you kind of realize oh yeah europe is still has the old ways because i guess the old ways work (laughs) yeah gotta you know they're just little adults they're not they're not children yeah and i guess it's kind of appropriate in the finnish wilderness out by the russian border but yeah that's true yeah um well hey man you know i'm excited to be on your show thank you again for having me on oh Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on i mean you guys do a great show i do appreciate chicago vibe i mean i'm down in champagne uh, myself um you vibe out there yeah yep um not not for school i actually was uh very bitter about them when i got my rejection letter back in 98 uh no they they no sadly they were right computers were not i flunked out of computer science and went into professional wrestling so (laughs) that that's how that turned out (laughs) awesome yeah that's cool man with that said Mm -hmm. shot of alert Ooh to get this going all right <laughs> oh, malort oh nice that's how i knew yeah. i was part of the chicago wrestling scene they finally yeah. invited me to you're a brave man <laughs> ah. <laughs> either love it or you hate it um oh uh, I, I think we all recognize that it's a bad it tastes <laughs> awful it's more of like just taking that punch to the mouth and going back yeah, at it out. so so uh, what kind of uh, what I mean, obviously, it's a Christmas movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of talk around this time of year, you know, what are and what are not Christmas movies. I'm on the Die Hard is a Christmas movie standpoint myself. Yeah, but, me too. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I, th- I think it's it's a honestly, I think it's a dope take in a different angle on the whole mythos of santa claus oh yeah um yeah i was trying to do some of the research on that it's like yeah they um the scandinavian countries since it's a finnish film they have the yule goat but uh all of the krampus like elements uh Mm -hmm. you know come kind of come from uh more of a germanic uh standpoint so it's kind of interesting because you know not till we had the krampus movie in the states did i think we really appreciated that character no yeah that's true and uh you know the best thing i know about scandinavian uh, traditions 
and this would be a Dutch tradition, is the Black Pete concept, if you're familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're talking about. You know, the excuse for blackface in in Europe. <laughs> yeah. So No, I mean you definitely get those vibes. Um especially the more well, yeah. I guess the more further along you get into the story of the film, you realize that uh, you can kind of correlate that stuff. Yeah. I think. Um, but like initially when you watch this for the first time, you're not sure what's happening. I think that's one of the, one of the cool parts about it. Well, you're not sure is that really Santa Claus is it not? You know? Well, okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, I've seen kind of s- something um, less straightforward in a, well, no, probably more straightforward in another horror movie that's i think still on shutter called deadly games um Mm -hmm. from 89 i think the director of that movie i know they wouldn't show it in the states till gosh probably turn of the century because the director said home alone ripped off this ripped off my movie about a demented santa claus hunting down a little french genius so Uh, i remember that yeah um and then i see i guess canon had the rights to distribute it uh otherwise and they changed it to hide and freak as the title oh okay all right i think it's i think the original title is uh three six one five a code para noel because i guess they had like an early version of the internet in france that Probably was cheaper than the uh, 900 numbers to talk to Santa. Oh, man. I saw that somewhere the other day. Now you mention it. Yeah. I, I don't think I actually saw the film, but I saw it was streaming somewhere. And I was like, yeah, I, I know it's on shut. As I say, I'm pretty sure it's still on shutter. That's um, I had the, uh, did that one earlier this year um, with uh, my buddy Gregory Carl and, uh, yeah, just poorly timed. Like, oh yeah, I want to do this. Yeah, couldn't you have done that a month ago? Like, we're out of the holidays, man. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so the uh, story on this one is, and uh, they didn't really try to be too friendly with the uh, the names, I guess, in a western western sense, because uh, uh, like in Deadly Games, the uh, main character is Tomas which is mm. pretty easy to get across, you know? Oh, yeah. Thomas. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Tommy. All right. We got it. Um, I can't recall the name of the character, our lead character in this one, but it's I mean, Peter, Piat, ah, Piatari. Yeah. Pitari? Uh, yeah, if I can I'm see guessing it. that means Peter, maybe more than likely. I mean, yeah. it's, it's another weird thing with Scandinavia. It's like they either have um, like one, definitively english sounding name i i watch a lot of soccer so mm-hmm. when the dutch go on oh, i wonder shit. if that eye is silent because throughout the film it just sounds like saying p-tar like yeah that's so. uh what is it uh, and i guess they had actually been trying to get this project made for almost a decade honestly because uh when you type in uh, rare experts exports into a letterbox like i get um two or three movies like well two or three things come up like one is a mm-hmm. short film from 2003 and then 2005 they have a short film called the Sa- new safety instructions which they mm-hmm. 
hint right at the beginning no cussing no swearing yeah so yeah so yeah pitari is pretty much what we're gonna have to go with so but he's really not uh does isn't the trigger for the plot that would be the um an american well an england western entrepreneur who dreamed of bringing santa claus back and Mm -hmm. little pitari's family lives outside just outside the mountain that they believe was used as a tomb to bury santa yep and so pitari as a curious child decides to do all the research he can on santa to find out the truth (laughs) (laughs) And we find out that uh, Santa is a child abusing demon. Yes. And uh, so by the 20, you know, by Christmas Eve, the mountain has pretty much been uh, cleared out and they have Santa on ice in the hangar. (laughs) And And he's gigantic. Yes. Gigantic horn. (laughs) Yes. Uh, and uh the there's a lot of Santa Claus wandering around and a lot of kids show end up missing mm-hmm. along with radiators, hair dryers. Yeah, <laughs> like what's going on? And know? all and yep. yeah, and all these Santa Claus looking people and you don't really get it. Okay. Then now we're getting the spoiler territory, but you don't really get it until um, they capture a Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, try to hold them hostage because they blame the expedition for uh, all the reindeer dying around, costing them their livelihood. Yep. Only to find out that that isn't Santa. That is just a helper. Yeah. And um, then all hell breaks loose. But this is a pretty fast-paced movie. Like, you really... Like there's, besides for the uh, opening credits, you don't really get a, a lot of exposition. No, it's no, you just not. got the classic. Parents don't believe the kid. Yeah, until the kid, really t- kid, till the kid turns into John Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean he does. Uh, that is kind of fascinating because you kind of wonder where did he get all these books or has he always been obsessed with Santa like this you know um to the extent that he it almost looks like he has some really old text uh in his room <laughs> yeah i mean well i it, you know the theory would be that well they're from the town that trapped santa in the mountain so mm-hmm. but true. you know when you're pretty much getting everywhere via snowmobile a library chips trip seems a little <laughs> yeah a little tricky yeah anything man yeah um and it looks like they're they're living very you know rugged yes um, and that's one thing like i was watching this with my wife and the way they spoke to each other cuz you know a lot of the movie does take place in finnish um it almost sounds indigenous like the, their language does like cuz 
she we had watched uh like a couple of nights before we were watching she wanted to watch apocalypto and we were you know the way they talk in that film it's mm-hmm. a lot of subtitles and obviously that's like another indigenous language yeah and it's like very very similar in a way uh when i was watching this i was like just hearing the way they talk to each other my wife's like it sounds very indigenous so well yeah definitely oh so it's weird it's weird when you bring up apocalypto because that was a i think the language they used for that one was, was mayan if I'm not, or definitely uh, a dead one. It's well, some of it in there was Nawat in there. I think some of that. Oh well, I mean, we're talking about the guy who, yeah, Mel Gibson who directed a movie in Latin, essentially before yeah, that. And, and, so yeah, um, which is well, I guess if nobody really knows the language, yeah, say exactly. say an Apocalyptico or uh, Passion of the Christ then you can't really be judged for how you actually handle it. That's true. So, I mean, cause, uh, I just, I just think of that in the sense that, uh, you think of mo- all the you know, classic bad movies like troll two, or in my case, being a big Dario Argento fan. Um, like, well, primarily Italian films, at least that wanted to get a Western audience. They'd mm-hmm. hired, western uh western actors and they just let them read the dialogue according you know in their own language and then they would dub everything for whatever country they're sending it to yeah yeah you um, can totally tell especially back then uh, yeah so your uh movies like so yeah i i watched my spaghetti westerns dubbed <laughs> it's because <laughs> you know Clint Clint's not going to speak any. You don't. I don't want the idea of a Clint Eastwood in Italian. I guess. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it does get interesting with that. And I, I guess I had a had a coworker whose parents were from China. It's like, but he's like, no, I can't speak Mandarin. But you can speak to your parents in their native language. And mm. yeah, and it's like, okay, well. <laughs> a dialect but uh I, I was in hospitality for six years though i ran into a lot of mm-hmm. uh indian and like that's just a whole mess of nobody knows yeah, anybody yeah. there yeah i think they, they have a lot of different dialects especially in asia uh, yeah uh, you figure well you figure in india though a country that's smaller than the united states mass wise but you got a billion people there yeah you know, something would straighten itself out yeah yeah but um, but if I think that way, then the U.S. soccer team should still be in the uh, tournament <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, we had the largest uh, pool to grab for talent from. Yeah. So. So yep. Um. So I mean, it, like it's it's all this movie is all build up. Like mm. I can't really say there's a lot of scare sequences or anything like no. that. Um. Like. Um, when you compare it to like the Deadly Games movie, it's like, well, this kid's always gonna have to be on the run from Santa Claus. We know mm-hmm. he's in the house, and um, so there's a lot of tenseness throughout this. You're just, it's really all about anticipation. We are, this movie goes by pretty fast because we are all into. We really want to see what this Santa Claus surprise is. Yeah, and, yeah, definitely. 
yeah that and i mean it is a little bit of a dark comedy too you know just yes the way stuff is handled, so. oh yeah once we once we start interrogating santa the santa helper <laughs> yeah um the blow dryers the radiators um yeah you know. i feel like the kid the kid himself just cracks me up too um the way he 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 is he just acts almost like a little man, you know. Yeah, he's, he's not very childish at all, you know. Yeah, just, but but that's the contradiction in it because he's he is a child. Oh yeah, and he he does childish things like he does his whole you know hockey protective outfit, right? Running around with a gun on his back, but you know he's still talking about Santa and eating cookies and stuff like that. So yeah, but we say running around with a gun in, on his back, <laughs> it is a. <laughs> It is a rifle on the kid's back. <laughs> yeah. There's no uh no nerf in this movie. No, definitely. No. I mean, you get classic lessons in this movie. I mean, primarily if you can't reach it with a shovel, don't mess with the grave. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, you all the cursed people from uh King Tut's grave, like Yeah, that's true. Know? I mean, I I've always said, "Oh, again, I'm going to I don't don't need a grave i just well i need a i I wouldn't mind a grave but you know i don't need a coffin just give me a body bag i'll stuff it with memorabilia (laughs) and when it gets (laughs) robbed at least they get a prize you know how many how many times it's a time capsule (laughs) yes how many times do archaeologists just (laughs) oh this is pretty pathetic yeah that's very true Mm mm-hmm Now, I'm not a parent myself, but with with that opening credit sequence, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of dig the idea of scaring the crap out of your kids to <laughs> to be good. Yeah. Like if, you know, it's not lumps of coal. Well, you know, you can call Santa's bluff on that. Yeah. You know, 15 uh, wax the switch. <laughs> Maybe some oil boiling. Yeah. He wanted his dad to hit him because he right. There's up. that scene where it's like he's just doing his best to prevent Santa from coming back. Yeah, and that's another you know funny thing is, like yeah, the, the, it is a parody in a in, in a sense when that entrepreneur tells him these are the new rules at the dig site. You know, no uh, bad, you know, bad language. language. Um, I think pick up your stuff. Yeah, washing behind your ears. All, oh, all yeah, that like, was a big one on there. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, man. And the guy's hey. like, are you fucking with me? Are, are you serious right now? <laughs> is this, or is this like... Uh... Right. And I just dig the... Uh, the I, I dig the idea, of course, that you know this is a capitalist ploy. Mm. <laughs> or you would think so. I don't know why else you would try to capture Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, there's no um, i mean I, su- I suppose you could you know put some other religion involved you know if this was made in the states you know yeah a bunch of jihadists i suppose i don't yeah that's funny you know um because it's not so much like a fable uh you know angle on it because it's not like oh we need to prove that santa's real so people believe in the spirit of christmas yeah it's more of a like uh we just want to show people that there's terrible fucking things out there <laughs> like this gigantic this, oh, this one horns. yes yeah <laughs> um 
It's definitely the uh, writer-director concept. Um, I was saying for more of the motivation of the guy, I think it's just more of a rich guy wanting, you know, to, you know, Richard Branson, a Richard Branson who never got laid, I suppose. Or maybe <laughs> that's what he wants, you know. If he gets Santa Claus, he can get those wishes. And oh, What do you man. want for Christmas? 69. Um, that's 69. So, but when I think about, um, you know, a horror movie in the ice, though, and like my anticipation, I'm kind of like, you know, are we going to get a little bit of dead snow in this? I suppose if mm. you've seen that one, yeah. Nazi zombie, is it? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Sweden, yeah. Movie. Or Norway. Eh. But yeah, no, talking, but like, as this movie goes on, it's like once we get to our, um, working up to the climax it's like how the hell do all these people know all these things i know they're you know kind of in the uh backwoods but you have a helicopter pilot Uh, and you have a uh you know you have a guy who speaks english but i mean that's not too uncommon in the rest of the Mm -hmm. world um yeah it's just kind of like what more or less just putting putting me the shame as an American? It's like I don't know how to fly a copter. <laughs> I, I, uh, I can fake my way through a couple languages, but that's uh, it's almost like one of those things that I guess you have to learn depending on where you are in the world. It, 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 that would be the way to explain it away, like. You know, if you watch, um, you know, they have those reality shows like Life Below Zero where people live in Alaska or something and they right. know how to do all these things for themselves. So well, that would be the only way to explain that away. But well, they're, they're, that, that's that's explaining how to, you know, build a fire with um, reindeer dung. But that doesn't explain, you know, doesn't explain <laughs> like, oh, and that guy could just fly a helicopter. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's like, well, if you think about it, it's like, uh, I have to know how to operate this large machinery because it's going to take a couple hours or maybe a whole day till someone gets here to actually do this for me. So, you know, you have to have a specialist in your town. Like, you know, this guy's got to know how to do this or else he can't live here. Well, it's uh, not... so it's almost um, the ideal sense of communism in a sense. Everybody <laughs> has a role, you know. We're not gonna we're not gonna push you around for it. Yeah. So But yeah, I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you're saying. It's convenient. That, so it is interesting the kids turn. Like he is he's he's he knows he's smarter than everybody, essentially. I think it's <laughs> I think it's a respect for your parents though. Yeah. But, um but I, I that was just my next note but it's more like you know looking over the black comedy so we have one of the uh elves who falls into a wolf trap yeah and that's how we discover how the how the uh the adults are starting to recognize that oh this could be this could actually be santa um and with that, the uh, shoot, lost track. Okay, wolf trap. Parent. Oh, the dark comedy. So, 
all right, they find him, and it's basically okay. We got to lock Pitari up in his room, or try to, because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're gonna have to dispose of the body, and yeah, just everybody looking at deadpan. It's like, yeah, and like more or less, I'm wondering where they got the pig originally for the bait, like because there's nothing else up there, uh-huh. and. You get little details like Pitari is just doing his best to. I mean, he, no, there you go, Home Alone. He is Kevin McAllister in the sense he's trying to defend his home. The um, father nearly getting his arm cut off by a bear trap, and the uh, yeah, chimney. that was funny. Yeah. yeah, that was really funny. But it's uh, it's it's played so straight lace though. You know, it doesn't really yeah. like. It's one of the. It's like it's the kind of comedy where it's like. Oh yeah, you have to laugh, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I would be pissed. Gonna... I would be pissed if my kid put a bear trap. In. <laughs> so yeah. It's... And, well, it's uh... also the situation of being a single parent. So he's like, oh yeah, I, I don't even obviously. Wanna... Yeah, the mother's gone away, and you know, either she left or she passed away, and you know, he he's going through it. There's a moment there where you can see he's going through it. Like it's yeah. difficult to raise this kid. So you can't be too hard on them. No. Uh, again, with the, uh, you know, they do kind of focus on the tongue in cheek comedy, I guess is the best way of putting it. Cause mm-hmm. um, you know, they could have done a lot more with the, the guy, when the guy finally gets bit over taunting him with gingerbread cookies. <laughs> yeah. He got his ear bit off. Yeah, they you know, they again the movie just wants to get to its get get this thing concluded so um so you don't really get to sell the ear injury or these are just <laughs> a tougher tougher stock of men. But speaking yeah. of men, there are no absolutely no women in this movie. None. Yeah. It's crazy. That's I true. Mean, again, it's more or less I'm not saying it's a this is there's mention of one right but there isn't any well they when uh when we start having uh the kids disappear and pitari discovers that his best friend who's really a twat (laughs) yeah uh it has been kidnapped they find straw i guess he finds a straw body and you know the um sheriff just says oh no he's just out chasing girls we used to do that with pillows. And then, of course, you got the wife's hair dryer. They eventually find. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So, again, it's just, um, I guess, just the way things are in Europe, I suppose. Like, it's not about political correctness or not. It's just like, oh, do we really need women in this story? <laughs> and I, I've written, uh, like, I wrote a B, uh, B movie comedy. I haven't, I've been trying you know, spending, you know, last uh, dozen years trying to sell uh, main event of the dead. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, I, you know, completed a draft and made the mistake of sending it to the library of Congress, meaning it's copyrighted, meaning nobody will oh, want to man. touch a copyrighted story. No, man. Uh, but like, I kind of knocked out that uh, first, first draft so I could get that copyright. Um, and then I look at the story and it's like, Oh yeah, so I got some 
you know, rowdy sex in the opening, which is more, you know, clockwork orange style montage of it. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, there's no women in this script. Damn. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I'm it's just... funny. Um, You know, well, a lot of that depends, man. I feel like I understand inclusion so it's not not so much that i think in the pace of the story it makes sense oh yeah but, um, no that's just entirely true you just said it makes sense yeah right um so and women are smarter than men for the most part so you know they're not going to be chasing down santa claus <laughs> exactly <laughs> so uh okay so let's see i mean this is as i say it's such a fast movie there's really not you know i mean it it's it's you know it's one of those where you know i rewatch it and then it's like what do i put on letterboxd for this Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily think it's four stars then you're you know the more you talk about it and i got it playing in my peripheral it's like yeah maybe i gotta push it up it's um i mean because it just tells its story so so um i mean just uh so well paced and mm-hmm. i mean again it's all about the i think i think they just sell you on the concept it's all about anticipation of what is this santa going to be that's true a lot and, of it is that and then it's just a, like you said anticipation and mystery because you don't exactly know especially if it's the first time viewing if you watch this for the first time you're not yes. gonna know um you know obviously we're spoiling a lot of it but <laughs> like yeah, i mean when it's that's that is the problem with this podcast when it's a 90 minute movie that's like <laughs> oh this isn't uh yeah, avatar not, where we're gonna <laughs> yeah no and it's not like um that it hasn't it's been out for like 12 years already 13 yeah. years or so and right you know people if they're fans of horror and especially like christmas horror or sure yeah come across this uh and it's not like specifically like completely horror either there's yeah, just horror elements in there right so you, you've got a you've got a monster you got the minions mm-hmm. it's, if you're gonna compare it to a horror movie pro, I mean, at least holiday horror you'd probably compare it to the original gremlins if anything yeah gremlins um krampus a little bit maybe That's yeah i had more yeah i had fantastical yeah, I hadn't seen Krampus yet because I still it still took me till I was thirty six to finally get over Gremlins. I mean, I was four what? years old when that. <laughs> yeah, I just no. <laughs> oh, I man. I was raised uh, my parents, so I'm the second child in my family. Um, but my older sister has um, high end autism, so she. Oh, okay. I mean, she's fine. You know, she she functions fine. Damn near genius, but. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, no social interactions, meaning she's not really a threat to her parents. This, mm. so I, I essentially took the role of the first, oldest child, and then mm-hmm. it wasn't till my, you know, little sister and my little brother that my parents start loosening up. It's like yeah. my, um, my best friend. She was saying with her first child, you know, she eventually said, "Yeah, I'm, I would decide I was going to have it, and it'd just be the flapjack." <laughs> um, you throw the first the first one you put on the griddle you don't expect to be good you're just making sure the oil's hot <laughs> uh so that was essentially 
so when uh gremlins came out in 84 like it was it again inspired the uh, pg-13 rating along with mm-hmm. uh, indiana jones and temple of doom thank you steven spielberg um <laughs> uh it was just weird because hardy's you could buy hardy's you could buy the wreck you buy the kids meals they'd offer and you get a record and little book that you'd play yeah telling no, the story uh, of gremlins so i no i hear you man i grew up in you know i'm a latino so grew up mm. in a latino household i'm like the seventh one born so i got a big family so mm. by the time i'm coming along you know i'm getting you know hand-me-downs and my parents are probably don't care anymore <laughs> right uh, they, they know so, how they know how you're not going to die yeah and so yeah i i i must have saw that when it came on cable tv for the first time and i was probably like six or seven years old and i i loved you know there was so much merchandising behind gremlins the toys were amazing the stuff you know like you know gizmos and stuff like that and there was like activity books and all that right which is no it's regardless hard not to see it yeah so i was afraid of the dark though up until you know my you know pretty much you know once you know once you get to the point where you got to go out and party late <laughs> and, and, he, and I'm, not, I'm not saying party party i mean you know playing video yeah. games late whatever with mm-hmm. your friends like no i was really worried about that stuff like these guys <laughs> come out at night and you get some oh, really vicious cool. imagery imagery so mm-hmm. it wasn't until i got to see it at a um we used to have a theater down in champagne like the oldest co-op movie theater and they ended up going i think they were going to go out of business before the pandemic but regardless you know me and my uh ex-girlfriend went to see it and it's like okay yeah all right maybe Mm. i just needed my hand held (laughs) (laughs) i mean i love i mean conceptually i love gremlins and you know once i but again i wasn't raised letting you know sneaking mm-hmm. out watching horror movies on cable or anything like that that was very yeah very no, i got you yeah so honestly like the first horror movie person that got me interested in horror was a uh documentary on dario argento that was on ifc back when it was good when it was still mm-hmm. showing movies and like mm-hmm. oh okay there i think it was more just the uh the cinema fan and be like oh yeah no that is very artistic how that head is rolling in every other frame it's speaking the <laughs> name of their son like all right yeah there's more to the scaring shit <laughs> yeah no there's a lot it's it's so much now it's i mean especially now there's because there's cinephiles and there's so many sub genres of film oh yeah genres it's it's crazy yeah it's um like it's you know being being of gen x it's almost like yeah you millennials are right but you are a little pretentious about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's funny uh like yeah yeah we didn't do enough to to stop the maga movement before i was ever born but (laughs) we didn't do anything to encourage it (laughs) How how do we know that, you know, well, I don't, I, you know, you're up in Chicago land. I'm in downstate. <laughs> it's like, yeah, every, everybody from downstate, like 
I mean, I don't, but that's just be because, well, you got the, I'm going to be up there at least, you know, try to see four or five Cubs games a year. Um, <laughs> any, any of the good concerts. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I know nobody's coming to a uh, thousand feet, f- thousand people venue <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> in Champaign Urbana and nobody's going to Peoria <laughs> since they moved the strip club away from the civic center. Oh man. I mean, there used to be rock bands that would come through Peoria just for that strip club. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're putting Richard Pryor's memory to shame. Like, <laughs> We yeah. don't have that kind of debauchery. We're not going to have any more heroes come from here. Oh, man. That's so, crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're at, I've just got the movie on my peripheral. So I was able to see it on Hulu, which kind of makes me wonder, okay, if I could see it on Tubi and the ad placement is just as bad <laughs> as anything else on Tubi. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the point of Hulu is anymore. <laughs> It, yeah <laughs> and then tubi has so much like just a backlog of films that you can't find anywhere else it's crazy yeah just if, it, old... if it's not on if it's not on tubi it'll be on pluto next month it's like old cable where yeah every yeah. other month it's either on tbs or or usa which is um i mean which is kind of cool i mean but no, I I mean I got a few movies I want to watch off Hulu, uh Prey, Hellraiser, mm-hmm. and I guess Moon Knight is on Hulu, I suppose. Oh really? I don't I didn't I didn't know if it was on I know they advertise on Hulu. I'm stealing my older sister's Disney Plus password. So Oh yeah, yeah. Um I mean and stealing my parents direct tv information so i can go and watch <laughs> uh watch all this stuff so it's like we'll edit um, that out later yeah <laughs> no, i was talking about stolen cable boxes last i mean not not stolen cable boxes you know the uh everybody had a friend back in the day or a family member usually yeah. an uncle who was had a cable box that would skip through the pay-per-view channels or take off the protection somebody yeah yeah like um we're talking we so last episode i was talking to my older sister about her fondly remembering remembering you know um oh a constant loop uh while we're at my uncle's uh grandparents my grandparents and of course there's an uncle who lives with their parents till he's into his (laughs) mid-30s Who has oh, the cable, stolen cable? <laughs> um, uh, we're you know we're reminiscing. Oh, the constant loop of um, Ernest scare or Ernest saves Christmas and Ghostbusters two that year. Mm. And, you know, it's like I'm remembering. Uh, I was only nine, so I wasn't devious enough because every other advertisement was for Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah. yeah that's one movie i didn't see till i was way older yeah when, oh when i was young no i i know they made a lot of jokes about it on mystery science theater 3000 uh but then it's like once that uh you know, once i got to see it and i got to see you know terry funk is in it and it's like oh, all right this is never mind john doe from the x oh he is in there that's right yeah I forgot like, he's in there 
uh, all all your favorite character actors and just Dalton being the ultimate badass. Yeah. So, so yeah, it just this movie is just um, it's just such it's. So I'm in there for the anticipation, and then it's like we're not. I don't, you know, the one thing we can't uh, can't avoid spoiling. I mean, is obviously how they resolve. Well, we can't spoil the resolution. I suppose we can we can mm-hmm. save all the details invi- involving uh, dynamite, chainsaws, mm-hmm. uh, the parents officially making the naughty list as they said it mm-hmm. when they were going to you know collect their souvenirs from the santa (laughs) that was crazy yeah like oh yeah our my your my little son is in and all the other children are in danger but we're gonna collect (laughs) we needed something to show that this was uh real and this really happened yeah so but then it really gets uh I do. Do you dig the kid? Like I don't know. I'm a kid. I, I I grew up in a house where my dad hated. No, my dad disliked animals, hated cats. So obviously, I was eventually like, no, cats are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So you know, they uh, my parents eventually here stuffed cat. Have at you know, stuffed you, cat. Yeah, well, no, a you know, a, <laughs> okay, you know, a be you know, an overblown beanie baby. Oh okay. Uh and it's like I thought here, it was you, like you a have, stuffed you, animal like yeah, a stuffed real animal. stuffed cat. Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> It's not like I haven't considered being ready to do that to my uh Ava who's just calmly sleeping over there but mm. um it was a uh, So I grew so I kind of like So that's your pet, Russ. Be happy with it. And then <laughs> You know, damn right, I'm gonna be happy with it. Like, so I still have a stuffed cat that I sleep with. <laughs> it, it, it protects the real cats I live with. You know, nice. So, so I do appreciate little uh, Pitari's got a has really assigned a personality to a stuffed animal he carries with him. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. He just he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not leaving my homie with me. I'm yeah, run around everywhere with him. So, right, yeah, it's definitely awesome. So. Yeah, there's um I mean it doesn't you know I can't really say it gets really creepy until you get to the so we're just before the ear scene. Mm-hmm. Um the it's just like they don't realize that he's alive until the elf smells Pitari who's snooping mm-hmm. on them. It's like you those little subtle elements, you're just again, just further building the anticipation. When is the shit yeah. going to go down? Yeah, and it's a very creepy moment there when they say he's been acting weird and then he's in the room and he kind of stands up, the elf stands up and like slowly stares at them and you yeah. kind of see like their eyes glow, his eyes glow a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so it's like, yeah. That, that yeah, they you, creepy. Didn't necessarily say, I can't necessarily say I saw that in the first time, but when they were... Uh trying to ha- to ransom off the santa little helper yeah <laughs> and they were they weren't greedy or at least our primary father wasn't wasn't greedy just wanted their eighty five thousand dollars that they would have got yeah yeah for, for all the reindeer. reindeer 
Yeah. And again, this kind of makes me envy Finland. You got everybody carrying guns and nobody's doing anything stupid with them. <laughs> like the kids got a yeah. gun, the sheriff's got a gun. <laughs> yeah, I mean in especially well culturally too it makes sense cuz they they're hunters, right? Yeah. So I can't say I've had enough venison to say I prefer it over cow, so I guess we're we're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's Rollerball that basically says, like, Chicago only survived the corporate apocalypse because of the food, of the meat packing, essentially. Hmm. Or I think Chicago survived. I think it was Indianapolis that didn't make it. Oh, man. that That's definitely one to check out. Rollerball, 1975, James Conn. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely I dig it. Well, I guess I kind of owe that movie. I, I guess I'm going to push that movie whenever because my uh, that was my parents' first date. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, you know, no James Con being ultimate macho. I'm not around. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, it's just one of those like unless you got really specific scenes that really blow you away. You know, I think I'm almost ready to just. <laughs> um. No, I think I think it 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 isn't one of those because it's not like a comedy per se where you no. remember those jokes. No, you uh, in that in that sense, it's 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 more of a whole, a story yeah. as a whole. And like it's you said, it builds, like as I say, it builds just, towards something. So it just feels like every it. It's almost like you could. I guess if somebody would remake it, you could probably. I mean. I guess the goal would to try doing it is like a one shot feature, like mm. your Birdman, just because of how quickly this movie flows. Yeah. So be actually, yeah. Okay. No, don't don't put that on the universe because American uh, remakes never work out. <laughs> no, no, man, they don't. They don't. I don't think. Well, I'm well, I mean, to think of one. Oh, I'm sure there's one that I like. Is there one though? They don't immediately come to mind though. I can't think of one, man. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, I hear I hear I've never seen the seen the ring myself, and I hear a lot of people think that's on par with the original. Mm, I've seen it. It's it's just different. Yeah, I mean, like the biggest crime was probably Old Boy. That was one I just avoided yeah. seeing. Because I saw the original. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you can watch it again after you watch it once. It's like. Uh, I've seen it a couple times. Or. I mean, Lord knows we're never going to remake, get a remake of I Saw the Devil. Oh, my God. No, I hope not. That that one's a masterpiece, man. Right. Um, no, I guess everybody says probably would probably say the better remake. The only time the remake worked better than the original would probably be, and I don't agree with it, is the Birdcage and La Cage a Faux. Mm. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's yes, you have Robin Williams, but then once you have Robin Williams, you have no subtlety in no in your movie if it's a comedy. Like, yeah. give me one hour photo, like. Yeah. Now, the one thing I just like, I don't know, this 
I'm not a rugged person, but yeah, it doesn't seem too bad in Finland, except it seems like they're all trying to survive on gingerbread throughout the movie. Yeah. Like they they well, especially where they are. So it seems like they're kind of isolated. Yes. And I've heard I've heard some people compare moments of this film to feel like the thing, even though not specifically like scientific wise, I think this isolation part. Yeah, it seems like they're at the edge of somewhere, and it would take a while for anything. Right, nobody, nobody's coming to rescue them. Exactly. So, so. I can see that. Um, and it, well, I know we we said it is more of a like ongoing story where you're, you know, waiting for with anticipation. But yeah, there's the one scene that does stick with me is is, and I'm gonna say spoilers. I don't know, right. You can edit it if you want later, but um, <laughs> the the scene at the end, man, sticks with me when like he's showing them. Okay, you know, that's yes the the entire when like that. That's the beauty of the movie is you're waiting. It's like when people say, "Oh, I can't wait till they say the title of the movie in the movie," mm-hmm. like. These drug lords are a clear and present danger. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're, you're left wondering, okay, why is this called rare exports? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're going to, you know, basically after the day is done, Santa is no more. All there are left are the elves. And they are, they don't have a purpose without Santa to serve. Yep. So the folks up in uh, Finland train the elves of Santa to be Santa Claus. Yeah. And yes, that's very uh, out of, say, uh, something you'd expect to see in a uh, Jean-Pierre Genet movie like City of Lost Children or um, Mm. I mean, even Amelie or even I mean pretty much any of his movies except for alien resurrection which yeah. i stand by <laughs> i think <laughs> oh, that gets... no i'm just kidding <laughs> no, no I, I, as i say i stand by <laughs> it's a uh yeah it's, it, a, it's uh, almost it has a tim burton-esque mo- quality to it in yes. a way too where yeah. that assembly line you know moment the, that oh he, yeah it's kind of synonymous with his movies right yeah, just basically they put a little fake doll in the elves' lap, and mm-hmm. they show them show them how to act like a small Santa. Mm-hmm. And essentially, the rare exports is the fact that now they're just going to sell these for eighty five eighty five thousand dollars a pop. <laughs> You'll get a real Santa from uh, the an immortal from, being from Finland. Yes, from the original and, land of Santa. There you go. Which really brings us i guess to the biggest point so the movie ends with the slave trade yes <laughs> i said i said to my wife after watching i was like yo so they said they got out of the uh you know hunting game and got into human trafficking uh, yeah essentially. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is crazy <laughs> and and i suppose it's not as cruel as that sounds like well, these guys didn't have a purpose. We've provided them with a purpose. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we obviously know because, as again, it's like 
makes me wonder if they really have ratings boards in countries. Obviously they do because you have the infamous British video nasties list. Yeah. But um, British people are pretty shameful people. I say that as a guy who's got the English soccer logo on my um, tattooed on my <laughs> body. Um, I mean, everything John Oliver says about them is true. <laughs> um i think with our with their stiff upper lip attitude and it just passed throughout the west probably got worse with america since we were found by puritans (laughs) um so it's like uh but you know i don't know it's like when you have that it's before the assembly line they're cleaning off all the elves and of course Mm -hmm. that's where i brought up right at the uh, beginning of the episode elf dong (laughs) Uh, yes uh it's very yeah um, i mean but you know realistically <laughs> is it it you know is it us just making a big deal about it as a <laughs> shameful culture like, yeah you know i was a high school wrestler like there were those weird weigh-ins where they and now they think about creeps like jim, jim uh jim jordan <laughs> oh man uh yeah no did we really have to be naked the entire way in uh oh man you know of course you know maybe i'm i'm more focused on making sure i make weight so (laughs) (laughs) i guess i'm not you know you just i'm just saying you learn it like nah this is just what the this is just what the culture is (laughs) yeah no it is i think um especially in cinema i feel like it's slowly uh with time hasn't been as scrutinized as it used to be like it was so taboo oh. before oh yeah but... i've had the entire ifc documentary on dvd uh indie sex <laughs> going all the way from the good old days to the haze code and then trying to fix mm-hmm. everything afterward and yeah it really comes back to south park bigger longer and uncut just remember what the MPAA sounds. It's okay. It says it's okay to have graphic violence as long as you don't say any naughty words. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. You could totally see they did that in uh, Sausage Party if you watch it. So. Oh no, I haven't gotten around to that one yet. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no, I yeah. sadly saw. So I went up to uh, Northwestern back in February for the annual Bee Fest. Um, it's, it's a so twenty nice in Evanston, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's like my hometown, except bigger and nicer. Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought I grew up in a prudish area. <laughs> like, um, no, but uh, it's not like I really got to see the town too much because it's mm-hmm. basically the film festival starts at one of the um buildings in the on the campus. Uh, at six midnight, they lock the doors. You're locked in. And it'll resolve at 6 p.m. the next day. Mm. And, uh, you know, I did my best. Like, I basically said, no, I'm going to have to skip um, Hercules in New York. I got to get sleep at some point. Mm. But this all came after the um, animated movie called Food Fight. Which I will stand by is the worst movie I have ever seen. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I had a friend of mine, uh, he's been a guest on the pod. He was telling me, 
oh, you shouldn't be that harsh. You do realize like the that movie's animation files got all stolen at one point. Oh my god! No, it does not justify PlayStation Two animation. <laughs> yeah, that looks really bad. <laughs> oh no, it's aw- bloody awful. Um, never mind the script, all the puns, and I think this is. <sighs> Might just before, like, this might have been the movie that made Charlie Sheen snap. Oh, my goodness. Man. Yeah, he's the lead character in it. <laughs> Voice in it. Wow. Yeah. It's a... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I, I go up to the, uh, I go up to uh, Fan Expo. It used to be Wizard World every... Uh, mm-hmm. bas- basically, somebody's got to babysit my older sister. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, my you know my parents like eh, we're not in a Doctor Who, and it's like I'm not in the Doctor Who. Yeah, but there's other stuff for you to do there. Yeah. Oh, here's hoping the poetic critic doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> I don't think she listens to many. <laughs> um, like again, she's a genius, smartest mind of cinema I know. But <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. So yeah, there's a oh, so now. They are dragging, they're driving the Santa, the elf to the uh, rendezvous point. And just that's where it starts really getting creepy because you know the parents are just basically like, yeah, we know he wants to get the kid. But, yeah. Yeah. And he, um, after that, they let him out, right? Uh, when he says he wants to see the merchandise. Oh, they, yeah, they, well, they don't. I mean, they they bring the cage. Oh, shoot, they had they bring the cage down. That's where I noticed the eyes light up. Yeah, and that's when like that's not Santa Claus. That's, that's his helper. Honestly, though, it's like honestly, pretty low stakes. Like you're not supposed to care about anybody who actually gets killed in this movie. No, that's true. Like, you know, the moment they, uh, you know, no, okay, every put your gun weapons, put your guns down. Watch your language. What the smack are you talking about? (laughs) It's the guy who's telling him, you know, behave is the guy who gets the pickaxe to the skull. Yeah, and it just happens really fast, too. Right. This, I was say, again, reminds me more of like a gremlins because if you've ever read about what Christopher Columbus wanted gremlins to be, yeah, I there's a movie on uh, Shudder called The Sadness. Uh, I did a podcast game with Gregory uh, uh, Carl about that. and But it's like basically the rage virus, except you know what you're doing. Mm. So, and you have no inhibition. So there's a lot of rape going around and everything. It's like, no, this is a oh. remake. Of, this is a remake of gremlins. Gremlins couldn't rape anything because of how they reproduce. They, they'd have to get <laughs> wet. So they didn't have a reason for genitalia. Which brings you back to all the way back to, you know, like the slave trade portion of it. Like, oh, these elves don't have a purpose now since Santa's gone. It's like, I don't know if you got a willy, I think you might find a place to purpose that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's, well, there's, Part of that is kind of interesting because if they know what they're supposed to do for Santa, 
Is it there like just drones? In that well, that's like they're just getting commands from Santa and they don't know anything else because they just follow the kids, right? When yeah, no, they the helicopter takes them over and right. Reindeer so, home. so they're either drones or they're Nazis just following <laughs> orders. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or they're just—I mean, the sequel potential—that's something Americans can work on. <laughs> totally screw up, like. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you could though. What would you do? You well, know? all I can think of is that uh, you know, aside from them going crazy at a mall, right. like. Just, just oh, you got a you got a movie out of that. I mean, you don't have a franchise, but. <laughs> Yeah, you can get one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they drag the cage out. So the, that's when the Pitari gets gets out of the car. But when he goes and looks in the hangar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just like that is the I think might be the best moment of the movie. Though is where the Pitari just <laughs> takes total total command of the situation. Yeah. But you do have that well, little funny, uh, um, what is it? Uh, foreshadowing bit, the advent calendar, mm-hmm. which he staples yeah. shut on the 24th. And then the hangar they arrive at is 24. Yeah, that's exactly how he's looking at it, too. Yeah, that's the kid part, you know, where he's like, wow, it's just like my advent calendar. Yeah. And then he leaves his stuffed animal right in front of it. And it's like. Almost the the concept of, you know, now that I'm a man, I no longer need childish things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then saying Nong to the net, like, yeah, like the helicopter pulls them up and, you know, they're. Oh, and then like, oh, I was almost to honestly, like it was it, it got me emotionally. It's like as he's, you know, mm-hmm. saying, you know, just you're going to have to I'm going to have to I'm going to have to uh, get into the pen. I can't pick mm-hmm. you back up. You're not going. I'm not coming back up. <laughs> like, yeah. He accepted death as a nine-year-old. Yeah, no. He, my wife was like, "Oh," in that part when he's like, "Yeah, tell my dad I did something good." Yeah, it's like, like it is a touching moment, right? Yeah, he does have a lot of uh, naked elves coming at him, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But at least in the action sequence, you don't really think you're not really. Yeah, you're, you're not focusing on it. Yeah. I guess as an American remake, he could place this in the hood. Mm, you think so? Oh, I mean, the far more horrific. I mean, bunch of old white people. <laughs> yeah, uh, they'd be like, "What? What are you doing here, man? You lost." Yeah. yeah. Oh no! Then you could have violent. <laughs> Yeah, violent action sequences, it. but you could still keep the same same tone eventually. Yeah, not too so. I mean, if I learned anything from the Leprechaun franchise, is that you can always take it to the hood <laughs> or space. Well, every good horror franchise ends up in space at some point. Yeah, uh, Hellraiser four, I think, ended up in space. Like the yeah, space station, like a space station was the entire box situation. Mm-hmm. Again, a reason mm-hmm. I'm not canceling Hulu yet is I will get around to watching Hellraiser reboot. I definitely need to watch Prey. Yeah, Prey's really good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, Jason X. 
I, I, I love unabashedly just because it's... I do too. I saw it at the theater, man. <laughs> oh, I didn't get that. It's like <laughs> I got to see the last two Jasons at the theater. I didn't see the remake at the theater, oh. but I saw I saw Jason goes to hell, Jason X. At the oh, so you didn't see Freddy versus Jason in the theater? I did. I saw it at the oh. theater too, but I I kind of don't. That's more. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's more of it's like multiverse type thing, right? Where it's... Yeah, it's one of those you just hate the fact they couldn't like all right you did the you open this box now obviously the next thing to do is ash versus jason versus freddy mm-hmm. which i know everything you want to see in the movies has actually been done in the comics yeah <laughs> at no, some yeah. point i'd like to see ash versus the marvel zombies that'd be oh i didn't even think about that one like, that, that comic was nice man so that yeah it, that'd be cool yeah, Even animated. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, yeah. It's not like you can't hire. It's not like Bruce Campbell's doing that much stuff. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I mean, he did. Like, I I did recently watch Black Friday with. Uh, oh, I saw that too. Yeah, last year. Which is all right. I mean, mm-hmm. like it, 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 it could have, you know, until. It just takes a while to get going, and then it's yeah. We need more Thanksgiving horror. There's not enough of it. I think, like, uh, there's another. I was listening to, um, like, it's an episode that's like just as I'm driving home today. Uh, it's an it's an episode that's just totally going to go off the rails uh, from not a strong start. Oh yeah, man. Uh, yeah, guys. they're doing they're doing one with a uh, like other holiday movies and they they just pick like the first day they pick up is national ninja day like, <laughs> all right make a movie about it like okay four ninjas get sent back in time oh man or a vampire ninja so you just said blade and you just said teenage mutant ninja oh. turtles three so oh man i hate that movie ah I don't, I don't know. Okay, hate's a strong word. No, no. I just it, feel it, like I just um, feel like they. That's a whole other discussion. I want. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. It's, it, it it would qualify as a podcast. Save that stuff. I just like <laughs> I remember seeing it, and some of the things in that movie are just so bad. But more or yeah. less from a filmmaking standpoint, not necessarily trashing on the franchise. Yeah. No. Definitely. Yeah. Like. Um, I mean, I you know I made a binge, I made a spur purchase. Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two: The Secret of the Ooze on iTunes for five bucks. Mm-hmm. Why not? I know it's nowhere as good as the original, but I think I have all of them on Blu-ray. I just uh, yeah, I'm doing my best. Like I'm, I never get to that third one. <laughs> oh. You see, I haven't watched the remake. I mean, not the. I, I haven't watched the. Uh, I mean to get around to the animated one. I have not watched uh, any of the Michael Bay produced ones yet. Oh, yeah, Michael Bay. Yeah, that's it's a whole other animal. I'm I, sorry, not animal. That's a whole other uh, topic to yeah. tackle. Well. Fortunately, none of his movies qualify for this podcast, which is probably the biggest problem. Like, how 
really we're gonna have two two and a half hours of this of bad boys oh man like they're not meant for that yeah like it you know i know i know some people are saying oh john wick three was just long and boring and it's like no we like as long as it keeps expanding this world Mm -hmm. they are all awesome never mind like he's gets gets to fight a new you know give you know new oh that guy in every movie like uh yeah. Mike DeCasco, um, Mark DeCascos Mark in three, yeah. uh, the Ruby Rose in Common in two, mm-hmm. and then you know, if you watch the Bloodsport sequels, you know who Daniel Bernhardt is. <laughs> oh my goodness! There's sequels. There is sequels. You're right. They're like straight yeah. to video. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Jonathan Reese, not Reese Davies, uh, the guy who plays Gimbley. Yeah, uh, is in the third one, the Dark Kumite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, the, and I'll give the uh, I'll give the second one credit. You know, I always remember him from the Mortal Kombat TV show. Oh, I never watched the. Yeah, that's Mortal where Kombat. that's where the first time I saw Daniel Bernhardt and anything was. Okay, dang, I, I'm missing out because I knew they had I knew some WCW guys made some cameos. Wrath was at one point. I think they called him Wrath, like. Uh, Brian yeah. uh, Brian Clark from Chronic, um, the original Adam Bomb. Yeah, he played a Kiro, I think, in that show. Uh, or Zero, so, Zero. Okay. Right. Sure. Well, like the 2021 remake, he wasn't in the game. Why are we? And I, and I don't think uh, the 2021 remake was bad. It's just like it's just a bad example of. Uh... It's what happens when you put really great martial artists in a movie yeah. and they can't act. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah. thinking back to Bloodsport and uh, Bloodsport 2, those both had um, Ogre. Uh, from, Was he in both of them? Yeah, Bloodsport, the first Bloodsport and Bloodsport 2, yeah. I know he was in the first Bloodsport, but right, yeah. So Ray J, he he's the only character that comes back for the second movie. Ray J, and, and Pat Morita is like in the second and third movie Bloodsport. Shut up, man. yeah. Oh man, Donald Gibb, that's his name, man. Yes, that's, yeah, it's ogre. I'm on IMDb, and it's like, and your Donald Gibb gets second billing according to IMDb. Instead of Bolo Young, yeah, yeah, it's like, wrong there. Yeah, but that that does kind of bring me up. Like, uh, I'm just just curious. No, on fifteen, so I haven't gone back to episode one. Mm-hmm. But I know no on fifteen. That's from Revenge of the Nerds two, correct? Yes. Uh, so. you win. <laughs> Deep cuts, man. Uh, yeah it's definitely for nerds so okay that's that's where the idea came from all right all right that's what to say because that was like again you know my parents kind of put me responsible don't let your little brother watch this stuff no mm-hmm. i can't let you watch revenge of the nerds oh revenge of the nerds 2 is pg-13 have at it <laughs> so yeah man all right so let's see Kit little Pietari's making his 
Last Stand. And this is like, if my dad would have like watched the movie multiple times, this is where he makes the sick joke. Like, uh, and oh, they forgot to turn off the electrified fence. <laughs> Director's got <laughs> Pitari. Like, <laughs> like it, the first time I ever really caught him doing that was like uh, rewatching War Games. And oh as God. everybody's rushing into NORAD, mm-hmm. to it's like, where are the guards? Like, show me your pass. <laughs> <laughs> Ali Sheedy and Michael and Matthew Broderick should have been shot dead. <laughs> the suspension of disbelief, right? Uh, funny. Yeah. So now I see all these slow motion uh, elves running. Uh, I was about to say Winnie the Pooing it, but you'd need a t-shirt for that. <laughs> Winnie the Pooing it. Yeah. It's <laughs> almost like uh, some of the slow motion. It's like, oh gosh, let's hope Zack Snyder never sees this movie. <laughs> oh, He might have saw this and got ideas, man. <laughs> I haven't watched the uh, Snyder Cut yet, so. Oh, man. I mean, It's definitely I- better. I'll give it that. Yeah, I mean, I would say the Whedon cuts for somebody who liked Batman v Superman. It's like, eh, it's passable. I mean, it totally, totally neutered neutered everything that was done in the first two movies. But yeah, even that one, I think the director's cut's better. Yeah. Well, no, Batman v Superman. You have to watch the three hour. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the three hour shot. It's. Like I, I didn't mind it when I saw it in the theaters, but then it's like, but I'm not supposed to be promoting uh, movies. long movies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the idea is like, uh, come on, who really has the time to put a two-hour movie in? Like, you got things to do, and you can't yeah. go and binge watch a show because you're going to end up losing more time because you're not going to stop watching. Yeah, Just pick a ninety-minute movie, and all's right. So, but um, yeah, I think we're pretty much just trying to come up with new things to seem cool in a podcast. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, unless we really want to look at the look closely at elf dongs and compare, I, like, <laughs> well, that'd be no, that's think, a waste of a drone. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, I think. I, think we that, I don't know. I don't know the the significance of that or what the thinking was behind that. Um, other than keeping it a guessing game for the viewer of you know who they were okay. up until the you know it, like at the end you know obviously it makes sense but yeah like like at, there was at one point where my wife said, "Are these elves? Were these elves regular people?" And I think that's just part of like because one of the elves had a jacket that belonged to one of the workers at yeah. the big site. So you can get that kind of thought process, but um I mean I don't know, there's again this so there's more there's more to be done with the so it's not a se- good for sequels, but there's more to be done with the prequels. Like Yeah. You got all this lore, it's like Yeah. I could definitely How do you become an evil yeah. elf? Yeah. Like what? 
Like we how what actually happened on a Christmas night when he was free. Now yeah. It was, it's like uh you know. Or you can yeah, you could definitely do the the film where he gets trapped. Right. So if somebody trying to outrun well, I mean this this is probably the closest movie that really compares Satan to Santa. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. It's uh bring that up because my sister showed me this uh episode of wellington paranormal uh oh that show's funny man yeah the mall they get called in to take care of a mall santa who's scaring children (laughs) oh you're dyslexic so you you accidentally dialed satan instead of santa Mm. so yeah i don't know seeing one of those elves shaking the kid I don't know if they're ready. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think they're they're ready. I don't think kids will ever be ready for that. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess sequel wise, you would have to go and investigate Black Pete, which definitely would not fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Unless, unless Black Black Pete is a pissed off black person who's just going after everybody who's gone in. I was just trying to earn a living. You guys are using it as an excuse to be racist. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a really tough sell, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I mean, if you don't go total grindhouse with it, maybe. Yeah. I mean, the best movie ideas are not about the money. <laughs> I think is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, they're sending a white guy to that. I see the tag on it. They're sending him the Zanzibar. <laughs> like, I don't know. I've seen enough movies about missionaries getting screwed up. <laughs> Thomas Islands. Yeah, they all have different locations. There's another one. That's oh, I didn't... oh, and yeah, we're just going to let uh, the guy who flew the helicopter. <laughs> He obviously knows how to fly a cargo plane as well. It's just a pilot, man. He's, you know. <laughs> well, I, I go back to Die Hard 4. John McClane didn't say you can fly a plane. Say he learned how to fly a helicopter. <laughs> he, had a, he had a motive to fly the helicopter to try getting a... F- I have a couple hours. That's always the excuse in the, the movie. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, coming on the uh, show. Um, of course, obviously you have uh, uh, No One Fifteen, the all cast available on all major platform po- podcast platforms. Uh, anything else you'd like to plug? Yeah, man. Um, you know, again, uh, thanks for having me on. And we have a couple more episodes coming out this season. We have our probably like three more we have our best of 2022 our christmas special and our cold weather season finale that we do every season so okay all that stuff should be coming out and yeah yeah forward to season four next next year man all right very cool and where can they follow you on twitter uh you can follow me (laughs) at 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 the real seven C's. You can also follow our podcast at the no 15 all cast. And uh, yeah, I'm the host. So, all right. Yeah. So, 
And are we having any ambitions on uh, change, get, getting ready for the uh, tw- fall of Twitter? Uh, <laughs> have you come up with your Mastodon or your Hive account yet? Uh, they're all the same. Yeah, we oh. have a Hive. It's at the No15 Allcast. We have okay. Mastodon, the same thing. All um, right. TikTok, pretty much anywhere, man. Okay, Mr. cool. Cool. <laughs> so. you're you're like i, I was like ah, do i really need to create a hive it's like i i don't know how much <laughs> i want to you know bet on what's going to and probably yeah. nothing elon musk will probably i think elon musk will probably give up on it it's a lot of work man just yeah to work in it's all about infrastructure so really I'm sure it's getting expensive and at some point he's going to try to sell it off to someone else. Right. So, so. of course you can follow uh, the podcast uh, podcast on all your pod- favorite podcast apps, 90 for chill. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at catbusrus is where I'd like you to give me all your complaints. Otherwise nothing but five star reviews on your favorite podcast apps. Preferably I do reciprocate. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, as always, thanks, Stacia Harden, uh, for uh, being my inspiration and keeping this show going on, or at least me trying to do something to make the dead proud. <laughs> and awesome. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. And I uh, can't wait for the uh, season four to come up. Thanks, man. Thanks All for right. having me. Thank you. Can I hear a wahoo?